Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield, and we are here to talk about a Falcons victory, uh, something that felt like was never going to happen again in the history of the franchise. It did happen uh, this time against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we're going to recap what happened in the game. Uh, Evan, before we get into that, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um yeah, Falcons win. Even if it's against the Jaguars, it's a Falcons win nonetheless. So it's always a nice little feeling. Yeah, and it comes on the heels of the Saints and the Panthers both losing. And mm-hmm. it puts yeah. the Falcons at second in the NFC South. <laughs> oh, my word. Um, so, yes, uh, the Falcons are still technically in the playoff race. Um, Evan, I, I feel like saying that based on the performance we saw today, this is not a playoff team, even with the victory. Um, yeah, I don't know if you feel the same way or not. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all this season, I, I mean, most of this season, I've kind of mentioned the, the NFL wants to keep expanding these playoffs like it's rumored. They may eventually go to eight teams. And I right. think you're going to have these kind of issues where teams, you know, there's obviously going to be years where it's like, oh, they should have been in playoffs. But then there's going to be years where it's like, what are we doing? Like this team does not belong on national TV right. in the playoffs. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, if they play like they did today against every team going forward, um, they have a realistic shot because they played good football overall. Um, yeah. There was obviously like you can make some complaints and stuff about certain aspects on all sides of the ball. Um, but I mean, overall, I liked what I saw. This was a team they, you know, should have beat anyways. But mm-hmm. um, when you get Cordero Patterson back, you kind of see how different this team is opposed to no Cordero Patterson. Um, right. And then, you know, obviously no Calvin Ridley. Um, that's going to make any team not as uh, playing up to their potential. So, yeah, overall, I mean, I'm pleased with what I saw today. Um, but hopefully, you know, I think next week's what Tampa Bay. So hopefully going forward, uh, they can kind of be more competitive like they were today. And we'll see what happens. Because I know your uh, your projection was pretty close, wasn't it? Um, you, I know you definitely had the Falcons winning. Yeah, I said twenty-eight twenty, so it was okay in the ballpark. close enough. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, um, let's get into the specifics of the game, Evan. Why don't you, uh, before we get into the offense and the defense and what happened, mm-hmm. why don't you give us an update on who played, who didn't play? Because uh, obviously, with Patterson playing, that was a big update coming into the game. Yeah, um, on Friday's injury report, uh, Patterson was listed as questionable as was uh, Dion Jones, who popped up on the injury report on Friday with a shoulder injury. He was not on the um, report for any of the other days. So that was something to monitor. And it turns out he wasn't active. We knew, I believe it was Saturday, Dorian Etheridge um, was elevated from the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of gave, you know, kind of showed their hand that, oh, okay, if they're elevating a linebacker, they're probably going to be without one. 
And yeah, Deion Jones was inactive um, against the Jaguars, as was Kendall Sheffield, um, which has been most of the season, it seems. John Kaminsky, uh, healthy scratch. He's always kind of that guy who is going to be inactive unless they really need him. Uh, Mike Pennell and uh, also Jonathan Bullard. So, I mean, that's three guys on the defensive line um, inactive. All defensive players inactive overall, if you want to say. Um, for the Jaguars, we knew he was out, but Shaquille Griffin, their top corner, he was out with a concussion. Dakota Allen, a linebacker, offensive lineman Casey McDermott, tight end Jacob Hollister, tight end Luke Farrell, and defensive end Jordan Smith. Yeah, so for them, they were um, obviously – Pretty banged up having, uh, I thought <laughs> when we previewed this game going in, I felt like the Falcons would not have much success on the ground and that their success would come through the air uh, because the you know missing uh, Griffin was going to be a big blow to their secondary. Um, if anything, the Jaguars back end of their defense was actually pretty good in coverage. They made it uh, a somewhat difficult day for Matt Ryan and trying to, you know, connect with targets, but uh, yeah, it was the ground game for the Falcons. It surprised mm-hmm. me because when we talked about um, this Jaguars defense, they were ranked third in yards per rush uh, allowed on the season. And of course, I think that's the big story for the Falcons today. So why don't you give us the rundown of what the Falcons did on offense against this actually, I think somewhat underrated Jaguars mm-hmm. run defense. Yeah, I mean, we remember the Jaguars were able to limit the Bills, even beating them uh, a couple weeks ago. So right. this wasn't like a insanely bad defense or anything, um, even though they were without, uh, as I mentioned, their top corner and Griffin. Um, through the air, Matt Ryan had 19 completions on 29 attempts, 190 yards, a touchdown, an interception for a pass rating 81.1. It was a so-so day for Matt Ryan. Like it wasn't terrible or anything. Um, as you mentioned on the ground, it was a big day. Uh, Cordero Patterson, 16 carries led the team with 16 carries, 108 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Um, <laughs> this was the first hundred yard day since Todd Gurley of week in uh, week eight of the 2020 season. Oh my word. Um, so yeah, it's been a little while since we had an efficient day on the ground. Uh, Wayne Gallman had four carries for 19 yards. Um, one of which went for 15, which, you know, that took up a chunk of it. Um, Mike Davis, who is listed on the depth chart as running back one, but in my eyes is running back three, is had five carries, 16 yards, um, just eh, on the ground. Um, as I mentioned in my fantasy article, if you read it, you can drop Mike Davis. He's This is Cordero Patterson's show now. He is the running back. Um, I don't know about it, of the future, but going forward this year, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um through the air, Russell Gage uh, had a surprisingly good day. Uh, six receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Cordero Patterson also through the air, two, two receptions, 27 yards. Kyle Pitts, two receptions, 26 yards. Uh, Mike Davis, three receptions, 25 yards. Tajay Sharp, two receptions, 22 yards. Uh, Keith Smith, uh, two receptions, <laughs> 16 yards, and a hell of a stiff arm. Um, oh, yeah. And that's about it. Um, so, yeah, it, it – you know, they didn't magically gain a receiver or anything like Russell Gage had a good day. Um, but the Falcon success came on the ground, which yeah. has been that's, you know, I <laughs> can't remember last time I've actually said that where it's been specifically <laughs> the run game. But yeah, good day for the run game. Finally. Yeah. And again, coming in, this Jaguars defense has been legit against the run. They were allowing just three point nine yards per carry coming into this game <clears throat> and the Falcons averaged five point one. 
Uh, and that's if you include, you know, Matt Ryan's four scrambles on the ground. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, in total, I was impressed with what the Falcons did in the running game. And it brings up a question mark on the offensive line because one thing we noticed, at least in the, uh, the Falcoholic writers chat, was that the team was alternating back and forth between uh, Matt Hennessy and Drew Dahlman. Of course, Drew Dahlman is the, uh, the draft pick of this new regime. Hennessy came from the previous regime. Um, and there was a trend developing. It didn't hold up 100%, but there was a trend developing where Dahlman was in on drives that focused on the run more heavily. And incidentally, they had really successful drives uh, running the ball with, with Dahlman at center. And Hennessy t- tended to be in drives where um, they were mixing it up more or focusing a little bit more on the pass. Um, and Arthur Smith confirmed in the press conference after that they had planned on rotating the two centers uh, in this game. It was part of the plan. So, uh, Evan, are you a little bit surprised by that? I know normally you don't see teams make an intentional plan to rotate guys on the offensive line, yet the Falcons did it um, on this day. And they had some success. I don't know if it's something they need to keep doing, but it does look like there may be some doubts about Hennessy at center. Yeah, I think it's a bigger statement for Hennessy than it is anything else. Um, ideally, if you have a top center or someone you at least have complete faith in, there's no reason to remove them from the game. Um, especially at, you know, the, the center is basically the captain of the offensive line. Um, they make so many, you know, adjustments that fans don't really notice. Um, that's why having, you know, somebody like Alex Mack was so huge for Matt Ryan for a couple of years. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Todd McClure, another great one. Uh, so yeah, when you sit there and rotate them, it's, I think you said it best. It was kind of just live, um, reps, you know, in a game that actually means something. Um, but yeah, if if you're, if you're comfortable with what Hennessy's done, there's really no reason to yank him. Um, but Drew Dahlman, I mean, from the, from when we started paying attention, like, okay, Drew Dahlman's in there. Um, he looked okay. Um, I don't know who gets the leg up after today um, because they rotated so often, but yeah, ideally um, you're not doing that if you have complete faith in your center. And I think this is a bigger statement about Hennessy than it is, um, Drew, you know, Drew Dahlman's just there. They want to see what they got in him. Um, so we'll see. I guess it's going to happen next week against Tampa. Is That's who we have next week, right? Tampa. Yep. Tampa at home. So that'll be a fun one. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Drew Dahlman versus uh, Vita Vea is not going to inspire me with a ton of confidence, but I will say um, in some of the snaps I watched, and I, I'm going to go back and rewatch this, but I think Dahlman did a better job uh, in run blocking. And uh, as always, you and I are going to be glued to those PFF stats after the game to see what they see what they saw. Uh, I can already see it. It's going to be like four. One's going to have 40 and one's going to have like 38. Right. It'll just be like, oh, okay, so both are not good. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this it, that was one of the big takeaways for me from the offense. Um, Matt Ryan, I felt, you know, you, you said the best, sort of a ser- serviceable day. Um, he certainly left some throws on the field, a couple of passes to Kyle Pitts that were off target. I think that he would like to have back. He was clearly frustrated on the sidelines with his passes. So I, I guess it's nice to finally see the Falcons win a game by having a strong performance on the ground um, mm-hmm. without needing Matt Ryan to have a perfect game. Uh, in order to do it. And he didn't, he, you know, honestly, the game was probably closer than it should have been because of, you know, some of those off target passes from Matt. 
so, and it's not purely on him, uh, but again, you know, he, he didn't have his best game <clears throat> and I think it's fair to point that out. Yeah. And, so, and also it makes it to where your receivers, where the Falcons have, you know, probably one of the worst groups in the league. Um, when you, you know, you ignore, you know, Cordero Patterson, just being a running back, uh, Kyle Pitts being a tight end, like it's safe to say the receiving core is the worst in the league with no Calvin Ridley. Um, and they didn't really need to rely on him. I know Gage had, you know, as I mentioned, six receptions, 62 yards and touchdown. That's, that's a fine day for him. Yep. Um, but then when you look at wide receiver two, um, it's Tajay Sharp for two receptions for 22 yards. Like, so Matt Ryan didn't really have to rely on his receiving cores um, to do something big there. So yeah, that's, that's definitely the uh, upside of having a, good run day um and we rarely get to see that but that's what happens when you got you know you can move the ball on the ground yeah and it does help to play the jaguars but um <laughs> it does it does if we could just play them every week um we might have a chance to play yeah right? um <laughs> I, I will say uh, again the, the jaguars run defense was legit coming in uh, as you mentioned they basically shut down the bills uh so i i feel like their defense gets lumped in a little bit too much um, and they are, they have some talent on that side of the ball, but uh, the, the one thing I did like seeing <clears throat> is that the bulk, like the overwhelming bulk of the carries went to Patterson where in, in past games, um, it'd be like a Patterson nine carries Davis, nine carries split. Like they were doing more even. This was one of the first that I remember that they just said, Patterson, here's all the carries. They had Goldman yeah. and Davis in for some, some like change of pace or give him a breather type plays. But Patterson was like the definite running back. I mean, oh, he yeah. averaged 6.8 yards per carry. Like, hopefully that's the script going forward. Yeah, 16 carries. And Goldman and Davis had four and five respectively. So uh, P- Patterson against those two guys had still had six, you know, seven more carries than uh, mm-hmm. Goldman and Davis combined. So, yeah. And this I is think- a man who, who pro- you know, I don't know personally, but probably isn't even at 100%. Yeah, exactly. Injury, you know, there were some reports he might be out for like a couple weeks, and even then he was questionable and limited throughout the week. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, and uh, to see him perform like that, um, and again against a a relatively good run defense, uh, is really really impressive. And it's clear this team drastically missed him the past two games. Yeah. Um, So hopefully he can continue to heal up. Uh, and be a little bit healthier for the Bucks, uh, who avoided a, a loss today. They they did end up beating um, Indianapolis, but it was probably closer than it should have been. <laughs> it was very close. <laughs> um, and yeah, so the the Bucks have you know struggled the past few weeks to uh, at least their defense has, and it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out in Atlanta. All right, well, we're going to talk about what the Jags did on offense, uh, what the Falcons did defensively. And how new Falcons punter Thomas Morstead, yes, you heard that name right, Thomas Morstead, uh, talk about how he did in this game. I think he actually uh, was a big reason the Falcons were successful on defense during the day. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, 
It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay snack It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay snack bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We're recapping the Falcons' win 21-14 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Falcons moved to 5-6 and six and are now number two in the NFC South uh, ahead of the New Orleans Saints who lost and the Carolina Panthers who lost badly to Miami today, which was uh, Cam yeah. Newton. Uh, uh, the, the bad Cam Newton came out. Um, so let's hope when we play them in, the, in a few weeks that he's the same Cam Newton we saw today. Um, all right. The, before we talk about the defense, um, we don't often talk about special teams, but uh, this week the Falcons did lose their punter uh, to the COVID list. <clears throat> And initially it looked like they were going to go with um, Dom Maggio, who was in the punter competition uh, uh, before the season, but they surprised a lot of people when they signed longtime saints punter uh, who recently spent, you know, some time with the jets, Thomas Morstead, who to be fair, has been an excellent punter throughout his career um, and is actually younger than uh uh, Colquitt, who he's uh, essentially you know, <laughs> replacing, he's younger by four years, which I had no idea about. Um, he actually, Evan, I don't know about you, I felt like he was uh, a big part of why the Falcons defensively had a good day. They kept pinning Jacksonville back inside mm-hmm. of their 20, and they made them, they forced them to have to drive the length of the field over and over and over again. And I think if you're going to have success on defense, having, you know, a long drive ahead of you helps the defense out a lot. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, the key, this is obviously his first game with the Falcons, but the key was in five punts, three of them were inside the 20. That's given the Falcons defense a lot to work with. Yeah, and then one was a touchback, but it was awfully close. Um, it It was probably like two or three yards into the end zone, and it had a good bounce on it to where if it just had happened to bounce at like the one, it would have probably bounced to like the two or three and been like the best punt you can imagine. Um, But yeah, he was averaging 44.8 yards per punt. Um, I liked what I saw. I mean, it's good to have a veteran presence. That's one of those positions where you kind of need one. Um, Like strength is obviously important, but you know, accuracy is the most important thing. And having three inside the 20 was big for the Falcons defense. Yeah. Especially, um, you know, with the the nature of this Falcons defense this year. And I do want to point out, in in fairness to them, this is the second straight game where they've held a team under 20 points. You know, last week, uh, they held the Pats to 19 points on offense. You know, the Pats did score 26, but um, seven of those came off of a pick six. Uh, so they the defense did their job, held the Patriots to just 19 points against the defense. And today, you know, Jacksonville is not going to be confused for a good offense by anybody. Um, but they held them to 14 points, and that counts. Uh, even even if it is Trevor Lawrence who is struggling as rookie quarterback, um, we did see you know some key guys uh, on the Falcons' defense make some plays. 
so Evan, why don't you give us a rundown of what the Jaguars did offensively against this Falcons uh, improving defense? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's safe to say improving. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, um, he had a kind of Matt Ryan eh day, uh, 23 completions 40 on 42 attempts. 228 yards through the air, one touchdown, one interception. He also had 39 yards on the ground. Um, but on the ground, their top running back, James Robinson, 17 carries, 86 yards. The keys, no touchdowns. Um, he was, you know, he's such a big part of their offense. And he averaged uh, five, 5.1 yards per carry. Um, through the air earlier in the week, I my call was Laquan Treadwell would score. And although he came close a couple times, he did not. But he did lead the team um, in reception uh, yardage with four receptions for 53 yards uh, on eight targets. Uh, Marvin Jones, who is their best receiver, um, you know, I knew he was going to have a rough day just because he was getting stuck on A.J. Terrell Island. Uh, He had four (laughs) receptions for 43 yards, just didn't really get anything going. Um, LaVishka Sinal, five receptions, 33 yards. they're one, you know, the only touchdown through the air. Tavon Austin, uh, two receptions, 21 yards, and a touchdown. But yeah, just, I mean, Falcons really didn't let him get on, on a lot of, uh, on the scoreboard with a lot of plays. Um, so yeah, I mean, I didn't really see anything that was like crazy good about this offense. Obviously, you know, Robinson on the ground did well, um, mm-hmm. in, you know, the bulk of his carries, but, yeah, it was it, the Falcons defense just made it tough on Lawrence. Um, he was completing basically like half his throws. Um, so, yeah, not a, not a crazy good day for the Jaguars offense, obviously. No, and it's, it's an offense that's been struggling for a while. Um, uh, when they lost uh, DJ Shark, uh, that yep. clearly became an issue for them. Um, the Falcons defense, uh, so first of all, Michael Walker, who has been a PFF darling for some reason, had, uh, led the team in tackles. He had 11 combined. Um, he did have one pass defense, uh, a quarterback hit. I actually think he's probably going to get dinged pretty hard by PFF. He had several plays where he whiffed badly on tackles, um, a pass defense on the two-point conversion that was just lackluster. Um, so we'll, I'll be curious to see how he grades out. Not that Dion, uh, Dion Jones was playing much better this year, uh, Debo has had a, a pretty bad year, uh, and I think that uh, it, he's been inconsistent, but he's been getting worse as the season goes on, um, and the PFF grades have sort of been showing that for Debo. Uh, but Michael Walker, I don't know if he was a substantial improvement, if any at all. Um, that said, other Falcons players on defense stood out. AJ Terrell, of course, with a big pass breakup. Um, Darren Hall was, I think, uh, a bigger factor in this game, and you, we had talked uh, – you know, middle of last week when we did the game preview that we thought that Chenault could be somebody that could have a decent performance in this game in the slot because of the Falcons' struggles uh, with the slot cornerbacks. And Darren Hall uh, had an absolute uh, monster tackle of Chenault mm-hmm. where he uh, Chenault ended up losing two yards on the play. Um, and the same for Richie Grant, who uh, in that position also shut down one of those uh, quick passes. So we're starting to see some of these young guys, Hall, uh, Grant, Williams, all beginning to add more and more plays on defense as they're you know coming along. So really good sign out of all those guys. Uh, Deron Harmon had one of the uh, had the interception of the game. 
Um, Anthony Rush uh, forced a fumble with his helmet <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was recovered by uh, Marlon Davidson. And uh, Dante Fowler had a sack in the game uh, as well. And actually, he had a forced fumble um, on that sack, but it ended up being recovered by Jacksonville. Um, overall, I felt like the defense as a whole had a solid game. Um, they did have some plays where, you know, clearly they had, you know, some boneheaded coverage breakups and uh, plays where it looked like they didn't know what they were doing. But for the most part, I felt like the defense did a good job of forcing uh, the Jaguars into mistakes or in the case of Trevor Lawrence, for, forcing him to go with short passes uh, and, and in most cases, uh, keeping the ball in front of them and, and wrapping up the tackles and really limiting this Jaguars offense on the day. Again, I don't think this is a game you're going to go running home and screaming about that the Falcons, hey, they beat the Jaguars. The Jaguars are sort of a hapless team. <laughs> <laughs> and if your takeaway from this game is, you know, the Falcons aren't particularly good, but the Jaguars are worse, I would probably agree with that. Um, but the Falcons do have the opportunity you know, next week to, to make a dent if they can beat the Bucs at home. And I'm, you know, look, I'm not predicting that. But if they can beat the Bucs at home uh, and move to 500, um, they are going to be in the thick of the playoff race. And I know everyone hates hearing that. I hate hearing that. Um, clearly, you know, talk about the playoffs with six games left to, to go is kind of stupid. Um, and as you mentioned, Evan, adding that, you know, seventh uh, team to the playoffs feels like they're really stretching the quality of the playoffs. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Falcons are in late November and they're still relevant which is something we haven't been able to say the past few years. So yeah. uh, that, that to me is one of the nice things. 2018 through 2020, the Falcons um, were quickly irrelevant in all of those seasons. And right now at five and six, they're still relevant. They're not necessarily a favorite. They're not, no one's predicting them to win it all, uh, to even make it to the playoffs, but they're still in the conversation. I feel like that is mm -hmm. a good sign for this team. Yeah, definitely. And, and I know it's fun to talk about draft talk, like, Last year, we were kind of able to do that at this point. Um, but it's also fun, you know, right now, it's like they're able to win games. They're obviously building towards something in the future and not anything, you know, this year. But um, it's also, you know, good to talk about like, hey, they do have a realistic shot of making the playoffs. Um, it's up to the team to really do that, obviously. But, you know, they're kind of in the middle there where if you want to talk about the draft, you can, but they're still not out of the playoff hunt somehow. So... Yeah, and you know, I think the draft talk is is fine because um, this is obviously a team with a lot of holes. You know, particularly on defense, they still don't have a notable pass rush. Um, you know, they could probably still use some help on offensive line, depending on your thoughts on Caleb McGarry, Matt Hennessy, Drew Dahlman, Jalen Mayfield. Um, but right now, um, they're still relevant and. I tell you what, there are some young guys that are making this season uh, at least interesting to watch. You know, you look at on defense, guys like AJ Terrell, uh, who is um, it, game after game after game, he is locking down his side of the field. And it is so fun to watch him play. Um, mm -hmm. And then on offense, you know, even though he didn't have a big game today, Kyle Pitts and seeing, you know, when he gets the ball, uh, that he had a 19 yard gain on a pass that was like five yards in the air. And that's, you know, he's just going to be such an incredible weapon over the long term. So for me, it, they these young guys still make it really fun to watch, really interesting, because there's some potential for this team over the long term. Um, any final thoughts, Evan, as we close this one out and look ahead 
of course, you and I will get together for the the preview of the Bucks game. Mm-hmm. Um, but any final thoughts as we wrap this one up? No, um, not exactly. I mean, I, it was a good win uh, against a team that I think we were better than, and it kind of showed um, ball teams, you know, re- new regimes in place, looking towards the future. Um, but I do like the Falcon side of things going forward. Um, one thing to plug, though, I think it's important is the even if you don't care about the Pro Bowl, the Falcons aren't going to get there if you don't vote for them. Right. Uh, Cordero Patterson deserves to be voted in. He's been, I mean, you just see the difference he made today alone, uh, opposed to like when he's not playing. Um, He's the offensive MVP. It's pretty clear for the Falcons. Um, So, you know, if you get free time, wherever, whenever you're listening to this, whenever you get free time, go to NFL.com slash Pro Bowl and vote for him, vote for Terrell. And if you want to vote for like Koo and stuff, that's fine too. But those two players, definitely deserve um to be in there and last i saw the nfl released kind of the uh current voting situation and uh if i remember correctly i think it was um kyle pitts kyle pitts and i think one more player but kyle pitts was like the nfc's leading voter at tight end somehow so okay (laughs) so we might get a couple that sneak in there but yeah definitely go vote for them too because they've been tremendous this year um just the growth aj terrell has done um you see when he's when he was out a couple games or left early um due to injury just how different the defense looked um and the same with cordero i mean i'm so happy he's back you just see how different the offense is able to flow um so yeah i mean we'll see what happens next week but for at least a few days enjoy this win it's a win so that doesn't happen all the time and um they look good today so yeah. Uh, and honestly, after the last two games, uh, I'll take this. It wasn't pretty, mm-hmm. but um, getting back on track is the most important thing here. Scoring more than three points is is something. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so, Evan, with that, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you, what you've got going on? Yeah, you can find me at, on Twitter, uh, at Evan Birchfield, uh, writing everything at thefalcolic.com. There's so much great content on there, um, from draft stuff to obviously Falcons, like game day stuff. Um, just, so just go there throughout the week and follow us on uh, Twitter, at Falcolic, on Instagram, the underscore Falcolic, and then on Facebook, the Falcolic. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Just enjoy your week. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving weekend and um, we'll be back to preview the Buccaneers game on Thursday or Friday. Yep. Absolutely. Um, as for me guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Falcoholic DW updates for this podcast at Falcoholic pod. And of course our articles daily at the and feel free to call into the Falcoholic voicemail hotline yes. uh, to leave us your messages about the Jags win or ja- the win over the Jags. Pardon me. Uh, that number is 404-592-2823. Again, that number is 404-592-2823. Uh, so for Evan Birchfield, this is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.